0: Welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today, I'm sitting down with Christopher Sewell, Managing Director of the Gaia Partnership, the Inventor of the CO2 Counter, and Business Director at Trinity P3 Marketing Management Consultants. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Darren. We go back quite a long way uh, in a very positive way, but it's it feels like a long journey that we've shared together, and I wouldn't mind starting our conversation back in was it 2006 or seven when you first had the idea that marketing needed a way of being able to account for its greenhouse gas emissions. But I think in those days it was their CO2 pollution was the language.
1: Yeah, it's uh, fond memories, Darren. So we go back, it's about 2007, and I remember I approached you being an old um, advertising hack. Of a certain age um, we tend to actually go through your door and see if there's any opportunities there and I remember you took me through all the wonderful analytics you were doing in various parts of the the marketing landscape and I asked a very simple question was was do you do anything on the environment any measurement or understanding of what the environmental implications of all this wonderful advertising we do and you looked at me and said No, we don't, but that's quite a good idea. So uh, we do what we all do when we think of something. We go to Google and look for what calculators were available in that space and absolutely nothing. So I went away for three months and did some research and spoke to lots of people in the academic world and um, in the business world. And come up with a methodology for measuring the carbon emissions from all the various types of advertising, from production all the way through to the media channels. And um, from that, they actually developed a the CO two counter, which was a platform for actually measuring that. And uh, yes, we we're, were off and running many years ago.
0: <laughs> well, and I remember at the time because you know we're living in a world where uh, we'd come. You know, there was the uh, tech bubble of the early 2000s, but the economy had been growing and people felt, you know, that they could look at and be talking about things such as, you know, the, the climate crisis. But in those days it was climate change and carbon footprints and things like that was what we were talking about and people were starting to think about what should we be doing. You know, um, Al Gore had done his, uh, you know, his big presentation and it seemed a really inspiring concept to apply a quantifiable measure onto the various parts of marketing. Because, you know, marketing's quite a big category, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah, if we just, if we think about marketing as a, as a, as a driver of consumption... So by its very nature, it's actually got a few issues and challenges it needs to look at because consumption is one of the the things that gives us climate change. But if we put that aside and we say we're running businesses here and we want to promote our goods and services, when we do it, let's do it in the best possible, lowest carbon way we can. So that was the, the pragmatic approach we had to this at the beginning was to see, can we do better? Can we eliminate some waste here? Can we give people some understanding of what the environmental impacts were? And in those days, this was, um, these were heady days back then. We even had a bipartisan view in Australia on we should do something about carbon. A lot of your listeners won't actually even know that occurred because it was such a long time ago, but uh, people were actually u- united around the world saying, yes, this is a problem, we should do something. And then, uh, then the world changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I just expanded, opened an office in Hong Kong and and Singapore literally two weeks before suddenly the economy crashed. You know, in Australia it was called the global financial crisis uh, only because we didn't have a recession. The rest of the world saw it as a global recession. And suddenly it was like almost overnight, you uh, um, Priorities changed, didn't
1: they? Oh, they did. I, as, as you remember, I went to Boston. We were invited because this was quite groundbreaking stuff we were doing, measuring carbon in, on, in marketing activities. We were invited to a big uh, environmental conference, marketing environmental conference in Boston. So, And that was the week after the crash in 2008. So uh, while uh, everyone was enthusiastic, they were nowhere near as enthusiastic as they were a couple of weeks earlier.
0: (laughs) Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because I remember at the time we did an exercise using the CO2 counter on media expenditure, we took a 30 second ad, we looked at various uh, high rating programs. Uh, both here and I think we did the same for Singapore it's and Singapore, also yeah. New Zealand. I think we did New Zealand as well. And you're getting some surprisingly significant numbers. I remember there uh, there was one pr- one of the top rating programs was about fifty seven tons or fifty seven yeah fifty seven tons of CO two for 30-second ad.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was Big Brother. From Memory, right. yeah, we some of our big brother, which would, uh, you know, which in the day and obviously having a rerun again, um, uh, was you know very lots of eyeballs looking at those, um, though that uh, show and the adver- advertisements were which appearing, you know, throughout the show as well. So, we um, did the methodology around that and calculate what the carbon would be from. The consumption by all those viewers of that ad, and it was a very high number, as you said, around about fifty odd tons of CO two for one 30-second one one yeah. spot. You know yeah.
0: that's not uh, that's not a whole week's yeah. worth. That's one yeah. spot on one night. Mm. We did actually share this with uh, the industry, and I, I remember vividly because I've, I've recently seen it that it appeared in campaign brief back in 2008 and it's quite amusing actually looking back on the comments because they're not exactly supportive, are they?
1: Oh, no, it uh, is it, it is fascinating. It rose years ago and they were quite, um, quite strong with their opinions on where we should go and what we should do with this information. But I think even at the time it had the right, I suppose, the right outcome which was to make people start to think about what effect marketers had who were selling green products or environmentally friendly products, why should they not care about how they go about their, their practice? Mm. And it seemed everybody just couldn't believe that they would be doing anything bad in making these wonderful ads. Therefore, you know, what are we talking about? Saying there is an impact for when we actually advertise our goods and services.
0: Well, I remember one of the quotes was, I wonder how much CO2 we'd save if uh, uh, Trinity P3 disappeared off the face of the earth. And I, I was tempted uh, to write back very little because we've reduced our, uh, our greenhouse gas emissions as much as we possibly can without offsetting them. Um, but things have changed a lot, haven't they, Chris? I mean, yeah, we've been through some dark times. Uh, in that uh, certainly the Trump administration in uh, the US and successive uh, uh, governments in Australia and and various parts of the world have not particularly driven a sustainability or net zero uh, agenda, have they?
1: No, I I think the encouraging thing from everybody who cares about the environment's point of view is the, the term net zero emissions has come... So the four, most probably in the last year. Um, it's, it's now on the headlines. People are talking about targets, even in this country, although it's been battered around and no foreign targets uh, formed, but at least it's actually part of the conversation now. Net zero emissions is something that corporates are actually setting, even if governments aren't setting legislation to help them get there. So, yes, it has changed completely, if we go back a couple of years, there was far more pressing things. There's obviously been a pressing thing happening in the last year around the world, but still we see that people are talking about setting net zero carbon emission targets, which is good for us all.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up around the COVID uh, pandemic because you know we've seen quite a few really big social issues get addressed you know the black lives matter but before that was um, me too but that's uh, increased during COVID. do you think that the pandemic has made people refocus what's important to them beyond having a healthy economy and started to look at what are the other things as a society we need to address and clearly the climate crisis is a major agenda do you think that has reset our values a bit
1: I think, in again, personal opinion, individuals when we all got locked up around the world and told we couldn't go anywhere, made us made us value more the green spaces that we the limited green spaces if we lived in the city that we actually could see. Um, Therefore, we had time to actually smell the roses and actually have a look around and see what they were. So it gave us a, a better understanding of nature and the environment we lived in. So everyone became a bit more focused on what what was important to us. It wasn't the hustle and bustle of getting into town and having yet another uh, cappuccino. It was about the simple things in life and the environment and the air we breathe are very simple things, but vital things. So I think that's actually got the focus back on it from an individual point of view. And I think the, you know one of the few good things that came out of um, the, the pandemic also was emissions went down, less flights in the air. Same in 2008 with the crash. Uh, less the traffic on the down. road. Yeah, so, yeah. But again, that's not the, the world we want to live in. We should have economic growth and we should all live in a, a prosperous way, but it should be within our means, and I think we can do that.
0: Now, it's interesting you say that because a lot of people try and frame the conversation between it's either the economy or it's the environment and the climate. And it's not either or, is it? It's either and. So it's both. You can, you know, there's a way through, the the way of transforming our businesses, the way we work, the way we live, that can actually have a sustainable and successful economy, and protect and, and uh, avoid the the dangers or the the damage of climate uh, change.
1: Yeah, well, it's it is as simple as about from an individual or a business basis, it's reducing waste. And no one wants to waste. And everyone, you know, years ago got used to recycling. So that's a good, in, that's an environmental good. We didn't just throw everything in the bin. We actually were less wasteful when we actually put it into uh, recycle bins. And, and we actually go in towards a circular economy with that sort of stuff. So everybody can actually start to to do those small things that in, improve the economic benefit for us all, So, and businesses are doing the same. They don't want to waste money, and the money is completely linked to an environmental good. Let's actually do less wasteful things, let's not throw things away, let's act more efficiently, let's plan things better. All those things are better for a business, but also have a better um, outcome for the environment as well. They're joined.
0: Because all through this time, from 2007 to now, you know, there have been parts of the world, such as, you know, this, the Nordic countries, parts of Europe that have been keeping the environment and climate change on the agenda and have been actively looking for ways to address this, have, hasn't there? It's, it's not been a, a uniform global thing if we just all turned to the economy. Um, I know, you know, when I was in um, Norway, in Oslo, and I was presenting to a client uh, a Norwegian uh, company, around the work that we did and presented the CO2 counter. They spent more time wanting to talk about that than any of the other things that uh, that we actually did. So there has actually been an ongoing agenda for change, hasn't there?
1: Oh, there has. it has. Again, as you say, especially in the Scandinavian countries, you know, Norway especially, they did have lots of fossil fuel that they got out of the North Sea, North soil, and, but they actually used that... the, the the revenue from that for good. They actually realised this was not a, a never-ending asset and it would be you know, needed to actually do the right thing by the population, so they invested it well and they're coming out now and less reliant on getting that, pumping it out and they've got a very um, environmentally aware uh, social uh, network around the whole thing. It's working well, unlike Australia, unfortunately. We just want to keep digging it up and sending it off and not think about what that actually does.
0: But it's also those markets where marketers are starting to embrace this idea of having to find ways of reducing their waste, to Mm -hmm. use your language, but also reduce their greenhouse gas emissions, aren't they? I mean, it's more there because, you know, I know in the US and, uh, uh, and less so, the UK in the last 12 months has completely changed. But the US and Australia, the conversations with marketers, is it's still not the top agenda item compared to some of those uh, European markets? Uh, no,
1: not here, but um, we find the, the actual the targets being set by top corporations around the world, not necessarily in Australia again, are talking about net zero emissions by over 2030 or 2050 or whatever date they choose to pick. And um, that is actually then putting a focus on on running an efficient waste-less business operations. And every single area of that business is coming under a microscope because if they can't reduce the carbon enough, to become net zero, the only thing they can do at the end with whatever carbon they're still counting in their business is to pay money to offset that carbon, to make to neutralise it. So it is going to be a major cost to business. So everybody is looking at order departments, be it the factory, be it, you know, be it the way electricity comes in, be it the way that their uh, transport and logistics areas go, and marketing is about to go the same way. Marketing cannot be excluded. It is a major expense on a lot of companies' um, um, profit and loss.
0: So the, the uh, gov- Australian government under the uh, Australian Labor Party introduced a carbon tax. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that the requirement to offset that that you can't reduce effectively becomes a financial penalty like a tax on business?
1: Yeah, it, but it, it's actually... the. the What's happened at the moment is it's not a a government legislative uh, thing they have to do. This is voluntary. So we're finding companies saying we believe that we should do as a part of society that climate change is real. We will do something as an organisation. We also believe our consumers actually want us to actually be doing the right thing by, you know, when we actually produce these goods or services. So they're saying we are going to become a net zero, meaning we will not have any carbon in our business at all, along the supply chains, be it on the way into the business, or on the way out when it's consumed, they want to eliminate all carbon. To do that, they have to put everything under a microscope and buy offsets for the parts they can't actually uh, neutralise
0: and p- force change up and down this up supply. and down the supply chain yes yeah, yeah. so so you know australia which uh, sits there comfortably saying well you know we're basically a mining company a country that exports uh, on you know for instance iron ore which is keeping uh balance of payments in in the positive um, you know they'll be under pressure by uh, down the uh, up the supply chain mm-hmm. up to the source to actually prove that that's iron ore is being delivered uh, with no uh, carbon or greenhouse gas emissions.
1: Yeah, the iron ore is being turned into, you know... Steel. Steel. Therefore, the embedded carbon on the equipment is being used. It just needs... I mean, Australia just needs to understand it. Either they take responsibility for the carbon and do something about it, very difficult with a rock, Um, but someone up the supply chain, be it the steel mill, actually needs to be taking responsibility for the amount of emissions to turn into steel, or the manufacturer building our Apple computers or our washing machines or whatever needs to take it. As long as someone's actually focusing on it and trying to reduce it and then working with all the partners up and down the supply chain to understand that this is important to them, everyone starts to do something. So you're not going to eliminate it. We still need steel. But if everyone actually starts focusing and saying someone's got to pay, because we are going for, for net zero, it doesn't necessarily have to be all on me, or all on you, but we all need to do our bit. And then, you know, the, the you know, Fordoski uh, uh, metals are doing that. Yeah, metals. They're, yeah, they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, put more electric vehicles to actually dig the stuff. They're doing as much as they can, but um, we still have this problem. We're, we're generating this stuff that's, there's a lot of carbon, intensive carbon to actually move to make that into a usable
0: good. And look, uh, you know, I didn't want to necessarily go down the path of mining, but the, what I see there is something that I see playing out in marketing, which is a little bit like an attitude of, well, there's nothing we can do about it, so why even bother? But it's a good example of if you don't bother, it's going to jump up and bite you because at some point someone is going to hold your account. As the world becomes more and more... Uh, committed to uh, net zero, then you, as playing any part in that uh, supply chain, are going to have to be aware of the cost of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think coal's a better uh, one to actually discuss because, you know, we dig a lot of coal up and sell it overseas to people who are burning that coal to to, to make that... uh, Iron ore into steel, that's the one that's going to come under pressure because that's where all the emissions are coming from. Mm. Yes, we do burn a lot to to drive our um, power stations, and generate our power, but obviously the same things happen. Who's gonna be that? No, no, for know, Chris yeah.
0: Chris, we're well, changing from coal to gas. Because that's the clean <laughs> fossil fuel. Didn't you hear the Prime Minister? Yes, I did actually. Right. Yes. So yeah. you yeah, know but it but must be true then. Apparently <laughs> apparently gas it
1: doesn't produce carbon dioxide. Well, Darren, you've got to understand it's half as bad.
0: Half as bad.
1: Or twice as good.
0: Yeah? Right, but it's still not <laughs> it's zero not, net.
1: It, it's no, it's only half. It, it's <laughs> half the emissions as coal has, so, but it's still you would not classify that as good. You know, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, not mm-hmm. when there's other uh, opportunities, other uh, options that are actually sustainable.
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, for marketers, what does it mean? Because I know there's a lot of marketers that their organisation may be committed to uh, net zero. And yet, when they're doing the work, they get to marketing, and nobody can be bothered working out what the actual contribution. What, well, how, how would you go about, uh, or how do they typically go about um, quantifying or or allocating uh, greenhouse gas emissions for the various areas of a business?
1: Well, at the moment, it's a kind of blanche way of doing it. Um, if an environmental consultant is in a big organization they're looking at they're doing a thing called a life cycle analysis an LCA of the total business so they look at all the things that are within the company's control and draw a boundary around it and then look at all the emissions that are actually coming from there they look at uh, scope 1 which is the generation of power so a power station would be in, sit in scope 1 scope 2 is is the transmission and and the usage of that so most Advertising agencies would consume a lot of electricity to actually run the lights, to run the computers, and to run the servers that hold all the digital documents, and then scope three, the things that sit outside that boundary but are needed to actually drive that. Um, so that would be all your company cars, your planes down to Melbourne when you can get there, um, your overseas trips, what we used to have, all the, you know, a your cruise when you're doing your TV, your TV work, all that sits in scope three. But the big one that sits in scope free is is the channels. When we go to to market and put these ads somewhere, be it on Twitter, be it on Facebook, be it on the TV, be it on radio, uh, they're the things that are are quite complex to actually calculate. We have done that with a CO2 counter, but that's a, a micro level, you can actually calculate it. But what currently occurs is when they're looking at the whole total business, they look at marketing as a dollar value. And they basically attribute 0.5 of a kilogram of carbon to every dollar spent. So therefore, that gives you, if you're spending a million dollars, you have a certain amount of, uh, you know, that's...
0: Half half, a million, half half a million, million kilograms,
1: kilograms of, of carbon per per and million so How did spend. this
0: figure uh, appear? They've just
1: done a weighted average. It's called an input output. They've they've done some calculations and made it a, a weighted average. And they've been very conservative, put it on the high side.
0: Hang on, a weighted average for media spend for or a media, weighted For everything every,
1: to do with marketing. Yeah. Right,
0: okay. Yeah. So that means that, you know, so we've got clients that have budgets of you know, AMP budgets, advertising, promotion, which is all of their expenditure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, of let's say hundred million dollars, they're looking at fifty million kilograms of CO two on that formula. Yeah. Even if they're not actually producing that much through their supply chain.
1: That's right. That could just be yeah. You know, if it's a budget, you know, the people are actually sitting at desks would be included in those first two they looked at. This would be external expenditure that look they, they would actually look at. And they don't know where it's being spent. They might be doing really good stuff and actually thinking about how they do that from an environmental point of view, but it doesn't matter. It's treated in the same manner. So it's just a it's just a one-off figure. The danger with that approach is that when the CFO actually decides that everyone's doing a good job and reducing their carbon emissions within the business. They've changed light bulbs. They've gone for green power. They've changed the manufacturing plant. It's more efficient, more efficient equipment. They've used uh, EV vehicles to actually deliver everything. Then they come and tap marketing on the shoulder and saying, what are you doing with that 50 million? You've still got exactly the same amount of carbon. We've been calculating this matter. It's not gone down. We're now gonna have to offset that at $30 a tonne. That's a huge amount of money we have to pay out. What are you gonna do? I tell you what we'll do if you can't do anything, we'll reduce your marketing budget. That'll reduce the cost of the offsets. That wouldn't be good, would it?
0: Mm, absolutely. (laughs) Or the other thing is they'll start taking the offsets out of the budget. Exactly. That's the other thing, is is they're not going to have a separate budget for offsets. They'll say, uh, well, you're you're spending your 50 million, our offsets for that are X, we'll just take that out of your budget up front. It also, Chris, seems to me that it totally strips any opportunity for marketing to make informed decisions about where, where they invest their money in a way that still achieves their marketing objectives, but also reduces greenhouse gas emissions. And I'll give you an example. If there are two media providers, one who has done all the work to achieve zero net, and the other who hasn't, doesn't matter where I spend my money under that because I'm still gonna get penalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds counterintuitive. It is a bit of counterintuitive
1: at the moment. It is early on with, you know, looking at media and what, you know, it's there to actually promote the, the goods and services of an organisation. It's there to actually tell everybody about what a great corporate citizen this company is, but it needs to actually also be looking at what it how it actually engages with all the, all the business activity it has itself. Currently it's not, and it's been treated in that, it's that, that big sweep up of numbers and just get on with it and buy what they want. They have to start looking at the way they they buy in a less wasteful way. Again, it gets back to that original thing we talked about. Marketing should be exactly the same. Be more targeted. All the mantra that's been around, be targeted, less wasteful. Get to the customer easier. That stuff would be good.
0: Because, uh, you know, I recall only recently you and I participated in a conversation with a procurement team for a uh, company that were very interested in uh, measuring greenhouse gas emissions. They've actually got an environmental consultant in to do the work. And it was interesting for me that even though you'd shared with them the methodology for measuring marketing greenhouse gas emissions, they were inclined to go, ah, oh, look, you know, we're happy to, you know, it's probably not significant enough to be bothered, so we'll just apply this methodology. Do you remember that conversation?
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, but then when you actually scratched it, it was something like that, the, the me, the me, applying the standard methodology gave you something like seven times the amount of carbon if you went to the, tr- if you went to the trouble to actually measure a micro level. So macro, right. macro a big number micro level actually dig below and have a good look at what it is it's actually not as bad and then when you understand things you're not just looking at a dollar value you can then go okay we've now got that down that's great but that's not the end of the journey your journey should be then let's look at what we're doing because we've now broken it apart what can we do better what can we actually reweight this so we've even less carbon then we're on the road to actually getting the carbon down
0: yeah, no. that's right. Yeah. I mean, you, you've always said that the first step is to understand where in your supply chain the uh, greenhouse gases are being produced mm-hmm. because then you can start focusing on the options to mm-hmm. reduce them Yeah, you know, and in the process reduce waste. Yep. I mean, uh, I, what your article that you wrote, that was last year in Mumbrello in response to uh, coals moving from printed and delivered catalogs to electronic catalogs. Mm-hmm. You know, The big point wasn't how much greenhouse gas was in a printed catalog versus an electronic catalog. The real point was that they weren't printing 5 million catalogs to have 4 million thrown into uh, rubbish bins in households around the country. Mm-hmm. They were serving electronic catalogs to people that were actually opting in and wanting it either on their desktop or their mobile or whatever. Uh, It it was reducing waste. So this comparison of how many kilograms for a catalog, printed catalog versus an electronic, is irrelevant if you're reducing the waste and improving your targeting.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that, you know, they're unfair comparisons. It's actually, you know, it is gets back to how many are actually read or consumed. And, and that's where the difference was when we actually looked at it. Both, you know, the, the, the printing industry were arguing strongly that their, their product was more environmentally friendly than the digital one, but their comparison was incorrect. They were just doing it on every single one of these catalogs was actually did have a low carbon footprint. Therefore, when you compared it, it was actually equivalent. It wasn't equivalent. And in the end, both were being done by Coles. They were doing a printed catalogue and an online one. They turned one off. It must have actually reduced the carbon regardless of the comparison. Mm. And obviously from a business point of view, which is the important thing from Coles' point of view, they felt, and time will tell, would that affect their sales?
0: Mm. So There's a really strong economic and financial argument For understanding your your greenhouse gas contribution in marketing, because what you're saying is that it's not just about finding ways of either reducing or offsetting. It's finding ways that reduce, that actually also reduce waste and increase efficacy. I mean, there seems to be a, a huge focus in this conversation around what is it that you're trying to achieve? And what is the best way of achieving it rather than just how do I get my um, carbon footprint down?
1: Yeah, it, it is about understanding. There's, there's definitely ways without actually, without changing the business outcome, which is, is to sell things, um, you can actually do that in many different ways. But until we actually start to understand the different impacts of different channels and the different impacts of the production for the content for those different channels, no one's going to do anything
0: about it. So, so how's the industry responding? How's the advertising industry responding? Because I know there's a lot of discussion in the UK. Well, the UK, have, they've
1: announced uh, the, the UK government, um, they took out net zero as a, as a country by uh, 2030, I think it was. And um, the uh, advertising industry, media and um, the agencies um, they've jumped on this and they're busily building calculators. They're busily actually aligning themselves. They're doing it a bit of a scramble because they've been caught a bit on the hop um, <laughs> because now everyone wants it. We've been talking about this for 14 years and now yeah, they've yeah. decided it's urgent. But They're reinventing the, really the wheel. Yeah, And the, the interesting <laughs> thing that they're talking about is um, they're going to bring all these mechanisms in for basically reporting. They'll report the carbon from the... Activity of advertising and media placement, but they will come up on a levy on, so it will actually increase the cost to the customer, which is a bit counterintuitive. Um, it should actually be back at the you know the advertisers, or the advertising agencies, to actually think a bit more smarter about this is waste. We should eliminate this waste. It shouldn't be shouldn't be a cost to the client for actually doing what is the right thing again, and actually helping guide our client to be a better environmental citizen
0: hmm. it makes it reminds me and, and and makes me think of the conversations we were having in 2007 where there wasn't so much a focus on waste reduction it was all about the cost of offsetting yes and that just doesn't make economic sense no
1: no we shouldn't be even in the ideal world we shouldn't have to offset everything anything at all we should actually we should measure and we should understand and we should reduce as much as we can if in a voluntary uh, way we choose to offset that's a good thing uh, but that's not the important thing the important thing is to understand and then do the best you can that's a good business outcome
0: well because the the byproduct of that reducing waste isn't necessarily doing less of something it's about doing something in a different way that is much more sustainable. And I'm, using, I'm thinking here at the moment, you know, people uh, focus on cars, for instance, right, and that the, the price of petrol will go up as the cost of carbon goes up. But here's the thing. That's only designed not to penalise people that drive cars, petrol, you know, fossil fuel-driven cars. It's actually the incentive for people to move to electric vehicles, Hmm. right? And that's what we want, is we want an economic system that actually drives transformation to a sustainable zero net world for marketing and media as well. That we need to have a system, not that penalises the advertiser for wanting to advertise, but actually encourages, for instance, media owners to look at ways of becoming more sustainable and achieve... uh, net zero in their own right, don't we?
1: And I'm sure the media owners are looking at this, but once the clients tell the agencies to start giving them reports and measuring, and therefore there's a decision made on what channel to go down, this will accelerate the media owners and their various outlets to actually do even more. And this doesn't need to be in a combative way. It needs to be done to actually everyone understand. We're all trying to achieve the same thing. So what can we all do together? We won't Mm. say we're not using you tomorrow. We need to say we're starting to measure this. We're going to offset for a little while. But in a couple of years' time, we actually want to be able to engage with you because it's a lower carbon output for us when we advertise with you.
0: And I think that's a really important point because, as you said before, when the CFO comes along to marketing and goes, you're spending your 50000000 million, we've been offsetting this amount, how have you reduced it? It is about working towards net zero. Mm-hmm. It's not about achieving it today. You know, this is why we have commitments. It, it's a better
1: headline. The, you know, yeah. the net zero emissions is the headline that they're all trying to do, but it will still be in the business. They'll just go and buy some offsets to make it go which away. Which is a cost. Which is a cost to business. We're better off having zero, which won't be necessarily achievable, but in, in some areas it could be achievable.
0: Well, there's a great mathematical term. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called an asymptote. No. Right? An <laughs> asymptote is a line that pr- uh, uh, approaches another line but never reaches it. Right? So uh, I think of net zero as, you know, net zero is zero. Mm-hmm. Zero carbon, zero greenhouse gas emissions. The asymptote is human activity. And at the moment, we're at the zenith. We're at the highest point. And hopefully. All th- <laughs> well, hope- <laughs> Yes. Okay. Hopefully. But all of our efforts from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, an acetope, because it would be impossible, humanly impossible, to reach zero purely by waste reduction. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to drive it as close to zero as we can to avoid the economic impact of having to offset it all. That's correct. Yeah, exactly right. You you get it. <laughs> so... so and the, and the reason for that is because there really is more sustainable and efficient ways of living the life that we enjoy now without producing the vast amounts of carbon pollution that we currently produce, isn't it?
1: That's exactly right. So we, we talked about it earlier. We lived a much simpler life when we are all shut down. Yeah. So that, that's one way of actually looking at it. It's said, what do, we, what do we actually value? What can we actually do better? How can we be, be you know, reduce our waste? Mm. And again, it applies to individuals and it applies to organisations and it definitely applies to marketing. We need to think about it. We need to understand it. And then we need to do the best we can.
0: Absolutely. Oh, look, Chris. I've just noticed the time. It's. Uh, I love. I love catching up and uh, having these conversations. I just. Uh, you know, it's been a. It feels like a long time. We've been. What is it? Fourteen. Fourteen years.
1: years yeah, we're fight, trying to fight the good fight. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to win this time,
0: though. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Thank you for uh, coming and sharing and updating with where we're at. Um, It's clear marketers have a role to play. They just need to not sit by as spectators and start to jump in the game, I guess.
1: That's right, Darren. Thanks for the opportunity to have a chat.
0: And, um, Chris, uh, just a final question. Chris, are we going to make 1.5 degrees or are we going to put up with a world that's at 2 degrees? (laughs)